Got time for a quick story. There are a lot of ways that artists record song ideas. Sometimes they'll block out several hours to write out songs, lyrics and music, the notes and everything. Sometimes there are songwriter summits. That's more common nowadays, especially pop music, country music. That will that seemingly more common as we get into the into the 2020s. And then there's the classic, hmm, I got a riff, how do I remember this? A little a, a notion comes to you, a, a lyrical bit. Where do you, how, how do you jot down what is in your what's in your mind, how you've been inspired? How do you get that down? Well, for a while, you had to find some way to tangibly remember it unless you had a really 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 good memory. Classic story is John Tesh while on tour had the idea for what became Round Ball Rock, the legendary NBA on NBC theme. But he was on tour, so how does he remember this riff that came to him? He called his home phone, go to the answering machine, and then left himself a message with that riff so he'd have something to return to when he got back home. Thankfully, he was he thought to do that. Nowadays, people have smartphones. They can record little voice memos to record these riffs. Mark Kendall of Great White has done that. That has helped with his songwriting. And he's got a lot of ideas. He's had a lot of ideas over the years, being the guitarist in Great White. And we're talking to him in this edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Talking about what Great White is up to, there's a lot more coming next year in 2021, as the taping of this is in December of 2020. But they also have, as of this recording, a relatively recently released live CD and DVD called Great White Live. And now this was recorded, actually, what, was talking to uh, to Mark Kendall here, this was recorded actually back in 2018, and this was, what, not long after Mitch Malloy, current lead singer, joined the group? Yeah, yeah, um, in uh, the latter part of, uh, no, actually, I think it was July or so, July or August, I can't remember, but uh, we had that show. We brought a camera crew down and and had a you know a crew record that show, and it just kind of laid around for a year and a half or so. And during this downtime, we just thought it'd be fun, you know, to to uh, you know get that together and put it out for the fans uh, to kind of hold them over, if you will. They could look at a live show. Um, and also we're stuck with like tons of 2020 shirts. So we're basically not even making any profit. We're just uh, selling them for $15 just to, because we have no use for them in 2021. So, you know, it's something for the fans, you know, uh, during this downtime. Um, so there you go. Why did you guys decide to record that show in particular was it what you wanted to catch something about with Mitch having just gotten in is there anything you can kind of see in that with him being in the early days of being part of the synthesis of the band compared to you know overall the all the shows you guys have done since then yeah um we just did it because we thought the production end of that show was going to be decent and it was going to be a great crowd and it's in Kentucky you know Louisville so uh, we've always done well there, so we decided that would be a, a a good show to record. 
so you know no you know it wasn't like we waited around for that show to record it we just decided you know hey let's let's bring a film crew down and and do, record a show you, and so we did it, not fully intending to for it to be released i don't think we just kind of did it for ourselves at first but um, it turned out pretty good, so you know we thought it'd be fun for the fans to look at that. You guys have a bunch of live albums going all the way back to the late '80s. If if you yeah. were to recommend one live album, like with the, not even necessarily because it's the the best, because that's kind of anytime you talk well, to some. Oh, whoa, okay, go ahead. What did you say? I, I was just going to say that you know. To have so many live albums isn't really by design on our part. Um, we, I think we've only been involved with two of those, but a lot of people jump on the, you know, the pirating status and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, so I, that's the only reason there's multiple multiples. But uh, I think live in Anaheim, I believe that's available. And that was one of our, that was just a really good recorded show. And, you know, everybody played totally awesome. You know, we didn't go in and fix things in the studio. It's real, real live, raw, you know, band. And, uh, you know, that's usually when we do our best. It's like when we're all playing together, believe it or not. I mean, that that's the best result you know mm-hmm. right now it's funny because we're using the technology to show each other ideas and kind of uh making little demos and stuff that way i i couldn't imagine recording that way that that would be i know people do that but a lot of things happen when we jam you know that wouldn't happen i think if we did it you know emailing each other our parts mm-hmm. or whatever so you've talked about that's a good one there's another one called live in london i believe that we were involved with the release of that which was a live show in in london england you so, apart you, from that i i don't know <laughs> so look for the cities is probably the biggest thing there anaheim and london and you're pretty much set if you go that route plus obviously the new one make sure to give that one a listen as well yeah you sure. you mentioned over the years thus far in some of your other interviews about working on new music, and you just we're talking about it right now, coming up with demos yeah. and stuff like that. What's the status right now on new great white music as we're getting closer to twenty twenty one? Yeah, you know, um, you know, we planned on doing it, keep planning on doing it, but but we have a wealth of material, and it's only going to make the record better. Uh, to not be pushed into a corner. Um, I'm I'm right. I'm walking around with ideas in my head, throwing them on my phone, sending them to Michael Lardy. I've I've been up there a couple times recording. I'm sending Mitch ideas. He's coming back with full songs. So it's going to get to a point. I think after the beginning of the year, where we're we're all going to get together. We are. We've already planned how we're going to record it um, uh, we got we got a system working and but we need to be all together um, to hash it out that's the way we've always done it 
we're old school. We're not going to, you know, record <laughs> apart from each other. You know, so this pandemic is, uh, you know, the virus or whatever. I don't want to get political, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, next year will be better uh, for us all to get together. Mm-hmm. Some people, Michael has, you know, family and stuff that are older and, you know, he wants to be careful and, uh, you know, so we'll release something next year. I promise that. Awesome. Now this would be okay. Also make, correct me if I'm wrong. This is going to be the first time you will have written and recorded with Mitch as part of the lineup of the band. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm really excited. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure that he, he really wants that too, you know, um, instead of being, you know, compared and, and all that, he can, um, you know, we can get him on, uh, on, rec- on new material. And I'm really excited for it because we are coming up, we're really coming up with some good things. You know, that, that's the whole motivation for the band. I think that's why we're still together because I'm, you know, always excited for the next thing, trying to improve, trying to write the best song of my life, you know, <laughs> and it, it's, it's challenging. And, and you know, uh, I want to come up with one song where I can just say, God, I finally, finally did it, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, it might be a pipe dream. I don't know, but that's what I'm kind of going for. And, it keeps your energy, you know, it keeps you vibrating at, at a cool frequency, you know, so, uh-huh. it, it, you know, to make me music, and, and I've made the comparison to somebody who's an artist, you know, if they were just out, you know, selling the same paintings year after year, I mean, that would get old quick, and that's why, we, you know, even though people don't buy music like they used to as far as going out and buying a CD or an album or whatever, you know, they kind of just download songs. It hasn't dictated to the way we treat it. We still have that old school mentality. We're going to release albums with, you know, 12 or 13 songs on them, you know, and if you want to just download two songs off the record, it's up to you, but we still like to make records like that. You talk about kind of chasing that perfect song, and I and I love hearing artists that are still interested in come in being creative in creating art after all the music that you've been a part of. I, I mean, yeah. is is there is there a song that you've written, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be something that made it on a great white album? But it probably is. I don't know. You would you know better than I to the answer to this question. What do you think yeah. is the closest to a song? you have had a part in writing that you think is that's kind of the ideal and I want to try to top that. Is there a song that fits that description? Well, you know, in a different way, you know, you don't want to repeat yourself, but I want to come up with something and it's real obvious if if just, even if it's one part, it, it really pokes out. And I know I've never done this before, this, I'm not repeating myself, but this riff right here is so tasty and so unpredictable that I really want to work on this riff. 
And, you know, I, I think, you know, Rock Me's probably the, one of the songs that, that we really connected to because on our first album, we were, we were trying to pretty much be like Judas Priest or something or Scorpions. We weren't really being like, it wasn't really our influences that dictated to that album, even though I liked the album, it, it was good. But um, it, I've told the story before, but what was happening is in between songs, when we were recording in the studio, I was playing like Carlos Santana, you know, <laughs> I was playing like album lyrics, you know, just goofing around when tape wasn't rolling and when my manager heard that he's going what the heck he is you should be doing that you know what i mean <laughs> so once he gave me that freedom that's when we started coming with songs like rock me and you know because i i was free to just follow my roots and and just be true to myself you know and it's funny that People didn't really accept our first album when we were trying to be like Judas Priest, but when we were true to ourselves and our influences, people liked it. <laughs> so it, there's there's something to say about being honest and and truthful to to what you do, you know. Um, so you know because the guitar players I grew up with were the you know Clapton, Hendrix. Carlos Santana, Johnny Winter, Alvin Lee, those type of, uh, you know, guys that squeeze notes like Billy Gibbons. And, you know, that those are the guys that made me want to get better. You know, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't the death metal, even though death, you know, metal is killer. I love it, but um, it, it's not what I what I glommed onto and wanted to be like or whatever, you know. Well, and speaking of guitar influences and music influences in general, expanded out this way over the past few months during the downtime slash whatever time you've been working on writing and throwing ideas back and forth. Have you either yeah. gotten, gotten inspiration or discovered or rediscovered any other music, any new influences, inspirations, or even gone back into some of your older music and gone like, okay, yeah, I hadn't, I'd forgotten about that. And what kind of musical inspirations have you gotten over the past several months? Actually, um, I don't mean to sound too simple or, or corny, but um, I, I used to walk around with, with little micro cassette players that had a lot of music on them. And I have a box with a lot of those in it. So I've been listening to riffs that never made it onto anything and just see if I heard it. And I heard a couple things, believe it or not. Also, I pile up so many ideas on my phone, I tend to forget them. <laughs> and I'll go back and, and listen to some of the real early ones I go, holy crap, that was the greatest riff ever. I, I want, I'm going to develop that because sometimes I'll just put a part down. <laughs> and I don't mean to sound cheating, but since Richie Blackmore was so honest uh, about how, oh, you know, he got this song from Batman or, you know, <laughs> like uh, uh, Space Truck, and he said, that, that was Batman. I just, you know, I got that. <laughs> sometimes... 
I'll be watching a movie and I'll hear some riff in the background. It's just supposed to be color sound, but it has a certain melody to it that kind of grabs me. So I'll mute the TV and and kind of it, it just inspires me to do something, you know, and I'll do it totally different, but it's like inspirational, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I get things that way sometimes. You know, I, I read an article where Blackmore um, got a lot of his riffs from, like, Bulgarian radio or something, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it, it sometimes you can be inspired just by hearing something. And it's not like you're blatantly stealing it. It just inspires you to do something in that vein. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... And it really helps if you, if you're having like writer's block or something like that, which I don't have a lot because I'm so excited about new music that I'm walking around like a zombie. And my wife, she totally accepts it because you know she calls it writing mode. You know when I'm just walking around, it looks like I'm a space case, like on drugs or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I have music in my head, believe it or not, and I'm. You know, when something happens, I, I I just grab my phone and put it on my phone. You know, why why I'm at, in that moment where my energy is at a certain level. Mm-hmm. I, I don't wait ever I- anymore, you know, because when you come up with an idea and you don't put it on tape at that time... It, you, you might not forget it exactly. You might remember the riff, but it won't have the same rhythmical thing. You know, it, it, it won't be vibrating the same if you do it later. Right. That that's So I'm not lazy anymore in that sense. I always will put it on, on tape right away. So I don't lose it, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's good, I don't want to lose it. You know, exactly. It could be a core part of the next album. You don't know until you save it. That's the yeah. only way you're going to have it. If that's what's funny is a is a small part can become something real good and real really, you know, a, a great song can stem from the simplest thing. I hear about that so often too, with with regard to rock music. I mean, the the, the classic Keith Richards line of just waking up in the in the middle of the night and quick putting down. I can't get no satisfaction. But you hear about that all the time. There's so many so many acts that will yeah. come up with a song from just a little something here, a little something there, a little something that they found somewhere, and it turns into something. Yeah. And you got all that on. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, I can only imagine what's on your I phone love, right now. I, I love stories like that. That I've heard that satisfaction story too. What, what a song. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing story. Couple more questions for you. First off, with Christmas, uh, what if you guys were to do? I asked this of, of uh, one of the guys in Hairball. I was interviewing him yesterday. If you guys ever mm-hmm. were to do a Christmas album, what would you mm-hmm. put on that? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, you know, we've never done that. Um, God, I, I I love Christmas music. I, I don't know. You know, I I was just. Um, there was a song uh, that Ray Charles did 
and it was in that movie Christmas Vacation. It, it, it's the coolest, soulfulest ballad. I, I don't think we could redo something like that because his voice is just like it's the sickest voice ever. Um, I don't know. I suppose we could find a lot of jingles we could, we could throw together. <laughs> you know what I would rather do than, um, you know, doing a full album uh, of Christmas songs is I'd rather do like, you know, get about 12 bands together and each band do one song. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think that would be more fun than to try to do like 13 Christmas songs on a record. And, you know, I know bands have done that, but I'd be more interested in just finding a really cool tune to redo and, and do a killer and, and have, you know, like I said, maybe 12 bands do the same thing. We can kind of put it out. That but, uh, uh, that would be a must listen. If you be, if you're ever part of that, well, we're definitely going to take a listen to that. If that ever that's, <laughs> somehow, I think happened. that'd be interesting because you could get a lot of your favorite bands take on on different Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. And that'd be a lot of fun, I think, for the fans especially. Something tells me that would sell really well. Well, you're going to also probably sell a good number of tickets next year. I see the first tour date listed is actually here in Wisconsin, further downstate from Eau Claire, down in Baraboo on the 3rd. And there's a whole bunch more dates as the year goes along. How are you gonna? Yeah. I presume you're gonna fill this out. There are more dates to be announced, and of course, I know. Oh, yeah. I know pandemic everything. You don't you don't know for sure, but it's looking optimistic right now. Yeah. So I have to imagine, yeah, there's plenty more to come as the year progresses. Oh yeah, because most of those shows are have just been moved from this year to the next year. They they haven't. He hasn't really uh, started booking a lot of shows. We'll, we'll probably get fifty or so. You know, that's usually our quota for, you know. I mean, we're not out on a bus playing arenas five nights a week anymore, <laughs> you know. We're basically doing fly dates, so 50's not a bad year. If we can get 60, that's always sweet, too. But, uh, you know, when you're doing fly dates, it, it's actually, um, you know, that that's quite a few shows. I mean, you know, we could do like 150 shows, when you're playing five nights a week, uh, um, you know, three on, one off, two on, one off. That's mm-hmm. the way we used to do it. But, you know, times have changed. The world has changed. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is just the way it's done now. And we may even potentially, I, I would presume, maybe even a new song or two might start making their way into the set list at some point. Is that a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, we don't want to give away too much, but uh, we really we're real excited about what we're doing right now, and and uh, so yeah, I, I, I always look forward to playing it live because you, you, the thing about playing the songs live, you know instantly if they like it or not. You don't have to wait <laughs> like after you record an album, you have to wait a a couple, three or four months before you find out if you're good or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a nightmare. That waiting time, I, I, that, I, you should see me. I'm like a nervous wreck. I'm going to all my friends and, you know, tell me you love it. Tell, you know what I mean? <laughs> so playing it for everybody just to get some feedback. <laughs> you know, even though people don't buy music the way they do, I still have that mentality of, you know, I just want, 
somebody to like it. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking uh, how many million are we going to sell or how much money can I make. I just want to know if you love this. Tell me you love me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I just want to, you know. And I have critic friends that tell me if they don't like something. So I don't go to the guys that are just like my yes men. I, I want to get, you know, critical uh, feedback on, on what they, you know, like or not. Mm-hmm. So this one buddy of mine is rookie. He's completely dumbfounded when it comes to having any, being musically inclined at all. But for some reason, he can read a good song. I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but he's called like every hit over the years. Oh, wow. Crazy. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. At, at, le- yeah. At, at least you know to go who to go to for whichever song you guys kind of push out as the, as the first promoted song off of, off yeah. of whenever the, the new album comes out. Yeah. You've got a lot to look forward to next year. It's going to be a good year by all accounts. Mark Kendall from Great White. Of course, make sure if you're listening to this, anyone listening to this, Great White Live, CD, DVD, it's out now. Take a listen to that. That should tide you over until new music, tour dates, plenty more to come. Mark, have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and looking forward to more stuff coming from you guys down the road. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it, buddy. Mark Kendall there from Great White. I... You get excited when you hear that enthusiasm about music. And you can tell he loves coming up with music and creating music. It, 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 that's, that, it's a thing that, that I was experiencing in the, um, in that, in the Hairball interview with HBK um, the day before I did this, this particular interview. Again, someone who loves music and loves create, either creating music or making music or analyzing music that's that there's a certain energy that pops up those of us that either play or listen to just immerse ourselves in that and mark kendall is definitely one of those types I absolutely love it you can hear the enthusiasm in his voice officialgreatwhite.com is their website officialgreatwhite.com and also find them on social media follow along with what they're doing get the updates on when they're going on tour. And of course, new music could be uh, coming at some point uh, not all that long from now. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do a lot of these interviews. You can listen to these interviews at the Greatest Hits 98.1 website, which is greatesthits981.com, greatesthits981.com. Uh, you can find the interviews when you, at the top of the page. It says blog. Put your mouse over that. It'll say interviews. Click there. You got a whole lot of interviews with a wide array of artists from pop and rock music from myself and also from uh, my coworker, John Murphy, who's had some uh, interviews as well. They're all there at uh, greatesthits981.com. You can also subscribe to Greatest Hits, excuse me, subscribe to Got Time for a Quick Story at a lot of the usual podcast locations uh, via Apple and Android, uh, you can go to Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pandora, a lot of places you can find this. Subscribe so you find out about new episodes when they arrive. And also um, rate this preferably higher because that will spread around the word about this podcast. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.